Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. What a meltdown if y'all having a good time so far. Say, oh, yeah. Come on, give it to me now. Say, oh, yeah. Wow, what a night. What a night so far. We got so much in store for you guys this weekend. It's going to be incredible. Look at this. There's confetti everywhere. So we're going to meet in here four times throughout the week, and this is our first session, our first out-of-control session. And and there might be some more confetti involved. Would you guys like that? I don't know. I have have no idea. But, man, as we go through this week and as we kind of navigate through what does out-of-control mean in in our our lives, what what are we talking about? Um, I want to introduce you to one of our favorite people um, that we have here at RVR. His name is George Hopkins. Yo, come up here, George. Man, a fantastic speaker. I challenge you guys not only to, to listen, not, not just to listen to, to receive what he says, but to listen, to, to reproduce and, and, and engage with him. So he's an amazing guy. He's got a great family he's going to tell you about. Um, ask him as many questions as you possibly can when he's done speaking. Get to know him tomorrow as well. Awesome. Good to have you, man. Good to be here. Good evening. Good evening. Are y'all tired yet? Yes. Too young to be tired. Who said yes? Y'all too young. It's only 10:10. When I first got up here, I looked at you and you looked at me and there was something that happened that we call awkward silence. Y'all felt that? Did you feel that awkwardness? Do you realize what some of you had to do when there was awkward silence? What did you, what did you have to do? You had to say something. You're not even a speaker tonight, and y'all said something. I'm looking at y'all. Y'all say, hi. I didn't even say anything yet. But awkward silence. I had a guy who mentored me, and he, could, he was okay with awkward silence. So he would say something, and then he'd shut up, and I'd look at him. And then I can start talking, right? Because you get uncomfortable with silence. What happens in this world is when the world is so out of control that it makes us get out of control too. And it gets very difficult for us to handle silence. As Taco's up here telling you, I have an amazing family. They are sleeping tonight because they were getting out of control. We had to put them to bed. I have three kids. One is 10, my daughter Sophia. And then my daughter Shiloh, who is seven, and my son just turned five a week ago last week, right? You'll see them. If you want to, you can say hi. One of them shy. I won't tell you which one. If she runs from you, you can chase her and hug her. I give you permission. But my family, I have young kids. They have a lot of energy, and they can be allowed sometimes. And then when they go to California to see my, parent, my, my wife's family, the house is what? Quiet. I'm by myself. My wife takes them all to California. The house is quiet. I finally have a moment where my house is not out of control. And can anybody guess the only thing I want in that moment? It's for them to come back and make it out of control. Like, first day, I'm like, oh, it's quiet. This is good. I finally get to relax. Yes. And then the second day, the silence is killing me. When the world is out of control, it impacts us and it makes us out of control in our inmost being. I am excited to be here with you this weekend because I love the season of life you are in. I love talking to young kids and entering their teenage years or in their teenage years because you keep it real. Isn't that right? 
You're trying to figure out life, right? Trying to figure out who God is. Trying to figure out what's going on in this crazy world. Nobody's doing that. Trying to figure out what does it mean to like have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Y'all don't do that stuff. That's not till you're 25, right? 25. I love this season of life because you're asking real questions. I want to encourage you with this. When life is crazy, when this world is out of control, what? Nothing's going to happen? If the world is out of control, there is no way that it doesn't impact us. If we look at the news and we look at what's happening around the world, we look at what's happening in our community, we look at what's happening in our school, when those things are happening, there is no way it doesn't impact us. That's why we have a problem with awkward silence. Because we don't know how to slow down. Anybody here have social media? Raise your hands. Yeah, what do you have? Instagram, anything else? Snapchat. Snapchat. Tell me, what else? What's all these new ones? My, no. Are you doing that to tease me? Are you teasing? I did have MySpace. Yes, I did. What else? Any others? House party? Whoa, that's the one I haven't heard of yet. What is it? Music link? Musically, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. So when I have social media, I got Facebook. That's about all I have, right? Do anybody else do this? If you go through your feed and see what's going on in the world, after about five minutes of going through, you refresh and go through it all over again. Show hands if you do that. As if anything has changed. Nothing has changed. You just went through your news feed and you're going through it again. And not only do you go through it a second time, you know what you do the third time? You do it again. We are in a world that is out of control, and because the world around us is out of control, it also makes us out of control. What's going to happen when I open this? It's going to explode. How do y'all know? All of y'all keeps inviting me back, even though I keep doing crazy stuff in this in the auditorium. I don't think I'm inviting me back after this one. If you're in a crazy world, it's doing something to you. It is impacting you. It is having an impact on you. Just like this. Yeah, I was going to have you do this. Would you have done this if I'd asked you to do it? You see, sometimes when the world is out of control, it impacts us and we don't realize it. And to have a moment where we explode, whether it's anger, whether it's tears, whether it's frustration, whether it's anxiety, and we don't understand what's going on in our lives, we don't realize that the craziness of this world, chaos can break or it can bind Bind means connect or strengthen our relationships. The first thing that chaos can do, the first relationship it can break, is your relationship with yourself. You might not have any idea what's going on. You know why I realize I scroll through my news feed all the time? Anybody know why? It's because I don't want to sit with my own thoughts. Do you know why when I had awkward silence up here, you had to say something? You didn't want to hear your own thoughts. Have you ever sat down for five minutes by yourself and just been quiet? Anybody do that? You might feel like you go crazy. You might feel like if you did it for 30 seconds, it was five minutes. Watch this. Look, y'all can't even do 30 seconds. Huh? The chaos of this world impacts our relationships, and oftentimes it impacts your relationship with yourself. You don't even know your own thoughts. You don't even know how you feel. And at some moment, there's a moment where you explode. The chaos of this world has an impact on our relationships with one another. 
We live in a world where we have all these lines and we define each other. We have the cool kids. Anybody in here cool? I think all of y'all are cool. <laughs> then we have the kids that aren't cool. Anybody in here? Who's not? I, I, kinda, I, I like that y'all are joyful. I was so not cool. So not cool when I was growing up. I'm going to tell you a quick story about how uncool I was in a few minutes. But the chaos in our world impacts our relationships. So here's what happened. I grew up in South Baltimore in a place called Cherry Hill. It sounds very beautiful, but it is not known for its beauty. It is no, <laughs> it's not known for its beauty. No, the reputation is not a good one. So when I was in elementary school, I was in class one day. This is going to be a pretty, pretty good story. Y'all listening to this? I was in class. And my teacher left the class. I don't know why. And anybody, I don't know if it's still this way for you. When a teacher leaves the class, if you're not cool, that is the most awkward time of the day. My teacher leaves the class, and the most attractive girl in the class stands up and says, I know, let's play the game of who is attractive in the classroom. Now, George Hopkins was very, very, very insecure. And that's the last game I wanted to play. So the guy, the cutest guy in the class, go figure, starts pointing at other guys and saying, what do you think about him? And so they kept doing it. They kept doing it. They weren't coming near me. They were in that far corner of the classroom. And I was over here, and I'm thinking, by the time she gets back, they won't get to me. Where is she? 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 And then took too long. They finally got to me. And this young lady was my friend, I thought. And the guy looks at me and says, what about George? And she says to me, George, I am sorry. I like you. But you are the ugliest person I've ever seen. True story. Crush me. Right? Don't cry for me. I got a tear. I got a Denzel Washington tear. That's too young for y'all. The adults, I got a Denzel Washington tear right there. The only thing worse than what she said to me was this. I thought in my mind... I know I'm ugly, but the ugliest? <laughs> My self-esteem was all the way down here. And I was afraid in that moment because when my teacher left, the room got out of control. And it had an impact on me. It had an impact on my relationships. And when things are out of control, it also has an impact on our relationship with God. You ever ask yourself in hard times or when something hard happens to a good person, does God really care? If God is really the God of love, how could he allow something like this to happen to this person or something like this to happen to me? Have you ever, show of hands, ever asked that question? Chaos can either break our relationships with ourselves, with our peers, or with God, or it brings it together. I want to tell you a story. I'm going to read it from the book, the Bible, from the book of Ruth. Again, show of hands, who's heard of Ruth before? Wow, we got a lot. Wow, y'all doing some good Bible reading. I want to read these words for us. They're going to be put up on the screen. This is the book of Ruth, chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the name of his two sons was Malan and Kilian. They were, 
Aphrodites from Bethlehem were in Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. All right, so there's a few people. A man got married to a woman named Naomi, and they had how many sons? Two. Y'all with me? All right, and what was wrong with the place they were living in? There was what? Famine. Anybody know what a famine means? Your hand. What, what is a famine? There's no food. So that thing, things are out of control. There's no food. We're hungry. I'm going to take my family to a place where there is food. So this married man and woman with their two sons go to a place that has food. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First, there was a famine. Then they go to get food, and her husband dies. That's rough, right? Okay. All right. So that left Naomi and her two sons. They married her two sons, a Moabite woman, one named Orpah, and the other named Ruth. Now, just for you to know, anybody's heard of Oprah before? Supposedly, Oprah was named after Orpah, but somebody switched to RMP. That's just a tidbit of knowledge. True story for you to know when you go back home. That's like, make sure that's the only knowledge you take back home after this weekend, okay? So they both got married to two women, and one of them was named Ruth. And after they had lived there for about 10 years, both sons died. This is out of control. First, there's a famine, and then the family moves away to go get food. And when they move to go to get food, the husband dies, the sons get married, and 10 years later, the the sons die. If you were to look at this woman and you were to say to Naomi, you would wonder if she would ever ask herself, God, why me? There's something amazing. I said this in the beginning. Chaos, when chaos comes in our world and in our lives, it breaks our relationships or what? Binds them. When chaos comes into our world, it can either break our relationships or what? Bind them. So what happens is that Naomi looks at these two now daughters that she have, daughter-in-laws, and she's thinking, there's no reason for you to stay with me. My husband's dead. My two sons are dead. I have nothing to offer you. And in the midst of this chaos, it then begins to break her relationship. She says to them, just go find another husband, and just go enjoy your life because my life is just miserable. And I want to tell you something amazing that happens, that one of her daughter-in-laws who had the freedom to leave looks at Naomi and says these words. I want you to listen to these words that she speaks. Same chapter, book of Ruth, chapter 1, but verses 16 to 17. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. In this moment of chaos, maybe even this season of chaos, Ruth determined that Naomi, this chaos... It's going to bind us together. These words mean a lot to me because when I married my wife almost 12 years ago at the altar, we recited these words to one another. Where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. It was our commitment to one another. I'm sharing this with you tonight because it's obvious that there is chaos in this world. I want to encourage you this weekend to find someone in your group that you will say, this weekend... I want to walk through this weekend with you. 
If I'm going to grow, I want to grow with somebody who is here. It could be one person, it could be two, it could be three. And I want you to understand this, that often chaos, when we separate it from ourselves and from others and from God, we end up feeling isolated. You know why you feel isolated? That's a good question. Who said that? Thank you. for Somebody's listening to me. Thank you. This is why. We often feel like we're the only ones going through what we're going through. One of the craziest perspectives I have as a pastor is that, you know, when things go wrong in people's lives and they have chaos, you know, one of the first people they call, they call a pastor. And then I get to meet with everybody and hear all their issues. And then I get up front and I look out at everybody and I can see everybody's issues, but nobody's telling anybody their issue because they think they're the only ones going through their issue. But I know that you're going to do it and you're going to do it and you're going to do it and you're going to do it. And if you would talk to each other, you'd be encouraged. But you feel like I'm isolated because nobody can understand what I'm going through. I can tell you this right now. With this many people in this room, what you're experiencing in your life, there is someone here who understands. There's someone here who has been through what you're going through or what you've experienced. With this many people in this room, if we were to be fully honest and fully open, you are not alone. So I encourage you to do what Ruth did with Naomi and look at someone in this group and say this weekend, where you go, I'm going to go. Who you hang with this weekend, I'm hanging with. And as you try to understand who God is, I want to do that also with you. Can we agree to do that this weekend? Y'all tired? Can we agree to do that this weekend? All right. I expect y'all to do that. Now, here's the deal. I am actually done, but here's the deal. I don't like to hear myself talk that long. So most times when we get together, my hope would be to have some fun and to share some deep thoughts for you to take back with you. But I'm not going to talk that long unless someone falls asleep. You fall asleep. My 20-minute talks will go to 45 minutes. Is that a deal? Huh? What do you think? You like that? If you fall asleep, if your neighbor falls asleep, you better start elbowing them. Because if you go to sleep, I only got 20 minutes of listening to myself, and then I get tired of talking. But if you fall asleep, I'm going to go 45 minutes. Deal? That's a good deal. So this is where we are. This is where we are tonight as we wrap up our time together. Is that chaos either breaks our relationships or binds it. It either helps us to know more of who we are, it either brings us closer to someone in our lives, it either brings us closer to God. My hope and prayer is that this weekend, as we talk about this world and life being out of control and how do we find God in the middle of it, I pray that chaos from this point on will only bind you closer to knowing who you are, will only bind you closer to those in your life, and will bind you closer to the God who loves you. So I'm going to pray for you tonight. And then we'll be done. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person who was in this room. I thank you, Lord, that though I may not know the trials, the craziness, the chaos, the disruption that they may have seen, heard, or experienced, I thank you, God, that you do know. So, Lord, I pray that you would give someone, everyone here, someone to walk through this weekend with, that no one will walk through this weekend alone, whether it's a peer, whether it's a leader. May we find someone, Lord, that we can say, can I share my heart with you and be known? I pray, Lord, that as they seek to know each other, that their relationship will be stronger and bind it together, that they will understand more of who you've created them to be, and, Lord, that we would find you in the midst of the chaos. Lord, I even ask that you would allow them in any place in their lives where they're anxious or worried that they would experience your peace. Lord, this is only our first night of many times together over this weekend. Would you begin a good work 
that you would complete by the time we're done on Sunday. We devote ourselves, our times, our relationships, our desires all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.